A reading from Acts. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it, step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, By no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time, the voice answered from heaven. When what God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced. And they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. 
A reading from Revelation. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. At the Last Supper, when Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I said to the crowds, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. How to preach this week, reflect even on who we are as Christians and what it means to be Christian in the world today. We saw an old rupture emerge anew in the body politic in the wider country. Painful and traumatic memories and a difficult subject comes right up in our midst And in all of this, I reflect on the fact that my brother is sitting on an aircraft carrier right now in the Persian Gulf, the tip of the spear in geopolitics and current American policy, life vulnerable at the ready to offer it. How do we respond as Christians in tough times? And in divisive times, we keep coming back to this over and over and over again. 
But today's readings offer us a great deal of wisdom, which boils down to something that our presiding bishop reminds me of at this time. Just the past few weeks, he won an award for his preaching at something you may have heard of, a royal wedding a little while back. And Michael Curry would probably be the first to say that really for him there's only one sermon. Only one sermon. He may give it in different ways over time, reflecting on different readings, but there is one sermon because there is one gospel. And it's something that he has helped lead the Episcopal Church into over the past few years. And that is what he has come to call, and the Jesus movement, as he says, has called it for generations. And that is the way of love. The way of love. And if he or anyone who's preaching, or anyone who's reflecting theologically on these times, is not reflecting back the way of love, we're not proclaiming the gospel. We're proclaiming something else, perhaps, but not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Calling this to mind today is Peter, who has gone back to Jerusalem after his experience at the edge of his ancestral homeland. Joppa, modern-day Jaffa, is on the coast, and it is a place where a wide variety of people, including Gentiles, were gathered in the first century. Luke kind of gave it to us as an aside early in the season. In fact, on Easter Sunday, we heard part of Peter's experience while he was there Luke's aside was that Peter was staying at the house of Simon, a tanner. Most of us have never visited a tanner's workshop, but in the first century, a tanner would be about as farthest away as you could get from ritually clean, because they were dealing constantly with animal skins and flesh, and the smell of that house must have been otherworldly, right? And yet, Peter's vision occurs right there in the midst of the stench and the uncleanness of the company he's keeping. As a faithful Jew of the first century, it must have been absolutely startling to him to receive a vision from God in the uncleanest of unclean places he could possibly imagine but that is part of God's message to him and part of the message he carries back to Jerusalem when he meets the other disciples. The question, of course, is the first question that meets that first generation of Christians, and that is, do we need to be faithful Jews in order to be faithful Christians? It's an important question because the Jewish people of the first century had distinct ways of living that set them apart from all other people. And the question for those first Christians was, are we simply another sect of Judaism or are we something else? Peter's revelation, of course, is that something in Christ has transcended the old boundary 
between Jew and Greek, as Paul puts it, between Jew and Gentile, between the inner circle of the ancient Israelites and the wider world. To put it in the language, the book of Revelation, God is doing something new. And Peter brings that message back to his brothers and sisters in Jerusalem, and they are startled. Because what they thought fundamentally identified them is no longer fundamental. What is fundamental now is the way of love in Christ, which begins to transcend all of the boundaries that we, in our many traditions, like to keep and all of the identities and counter-identities that we hold so dear in our common life, whether it's political, whether it's race, whether it's culture. Peter says God is doing something new in our midst. And it is most clear not when we're in our comfort zones, but when we're in those stinky and unclean places we thought we would never find ourselves. People with whom we thought we would never gather are gathered together and seeing the light and the life of Christ in one another. That's profound good news. It was profound good news in the first century. It's profound good news for us today in the midst of division and uncertainty and some level of political upheaval. We are a people who are brought together by something other than all of the forces around us. So I'm fond of saying, look around you for a moment and think about all the places you might see your brothers and sisters sitting with you this day in church. But more importantly, think about how you would not see them otherwise if it were not for this gathering in Christ. That's a sign of our reach and our message. That message of love which is brought home most vividly in the gospel today, which is the same gospel that we hear on Maundy Thursday when we commemorate the Last Supper. It is a story that begins not with the community gathered in love, but in fact betrayal. Judas has just betrayed Jesus, and Jesus knows it, and has betrayed him to death. And Judas is not just any other disciple, but is one of Jesus' closest, intimate friends. And yet, rather than offer condemnation or judgment, without even politicizing Judas, Jesus calls the body instead to love. The only commandment they are given in the face of the adversity that is yet to come 
Jesus reminds them that the heart of not only the gospel that he has been called to bring, but the heart of who he is, is about loving one another. Because it is only there that what Jesus calls in the Gospel of John, the way, the truth, and the life, is revealed. It is the only way to the heart of God. Love one another. It's that simple. And if you've tried it, it's that difficult. Right? It's not easy which is why we have to gather and remind one another in word and in sacrament, week after week, day after day in our prayers, moment by moment in our lives with people who are closest to us and people who differ from us the most. Love one another. For it is that love that gives life to the world. And it is that love, this Eastertide, that we remember emerged from the tomb and defeated death itself. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.